August 21, 2022. It's a live from Pedro Show. Classical music. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I may be wrong on this. Uh, the term classical music, in my opinion, mm -hmm. uh, means to me, I think this it means uh, the music of a country that is played on the by the uh, composers and the musicians of the country, more or less, and the as opposed to the music that the people dance or sing by, mm -hmm. the popular music. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, what do you think about it? Do you agree with that? <laughs> well, that's uh, I know, but... Uh, so, in other words, I mean, there, there are classical musics all over the world, different types of classical mm -hmm. music. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if I'm correct on this, but that's the way I feel about it. Uh -huh. And uh, as far as... Uh, the, the types of music that, that it would, uh, if you would ask me what we are playing mm -hmm. and I, to go beyond what I've said already, I feel it is the music of uh, this uh, individual mm -hmm. contributor. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to name it anything, you could name it a classical music. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. And the related question about the classical music, have you ever studied classical music? Nothing but the type that I'm trying to play. <laughs> <laughs> for Pedro Show. Happy Sunday. Started off with John Coltrane in Japan 1966, talking about his idea of classical music. Then we had Goosewind with Can't Buy a Tiger's Eye. And speaking of which, right from here in Pedro, they could have fucking came into my pad, but we're using the Estonian software uh, Skype. Uh, Rick <laughs> Melody a goose one. Welcome aboard. Now, Good morning. I want to learn about, and we got to give credit to Dennis for making the connect. I want to give, uh, uh, and is a uh, sh shrimper artists, shrimper artists. Yep. Yeah. We're goose back with shrimper. Right. After many years, but let's go back when you first got into music, Rick, can, can you bring your first memory of music? You know, going, you might've even been a baby. Oh, yeah. My parents always had music around. 
Um, I remember uh, they gave me a, my first Monkeys record when I was like five, and I started learning how to play drums along with Monkeys records on my brother's little toy drum kit. And that was my first uh, musical love. But music was always around. My mom uh, played some guitar and piano, and my dad played piano. And we both sang in church and stuff. So the pad had a lot of instruments. Yes. Yeah, so you, you jumped on like your brother's uh, little drum set. Like yeah. You're talking like the plastic or paper head kind of shit. Yeah, it was kind of like half size, but it was functional. It even had a bass kick pedal. You know... Uh, that first urinals record, Kevin's using a, a little kid drum set with paper heads. <laughs> they they didn't know, you know, they were film students at UCLA. Same thing with that the amplifiers, man. Why do we need two amplifiers? There's two inputs on this here, so both uh, John and Kel use the same amp for the bass and the guitar. It's right. Shaw record. So, the, what yeah. about uh, the first record you bought with your own money, Rick? First record I bought with my own mind. Well, the one that comes to mind, I probably brought, bought some 45s and stuff, but I remember I bought Pink Floyd's The Final Cut um, in the used bin at Rhino Records where Dennis used to, where Dennis worked back in the day. Like Westwood, right? Uh, the one in uh, Claremont, actually. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. The one I yeah, know is the one that was by Ookla, you know. <laughs> actually, Niels yeah. Klein worked there for nine years, I think. Some 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 amount of time, and Dave Couch. I, I don't know the Claremont so much one, but uh, okay okay. Yeah, he was talking about that. He he sent me an email message saying he had managed three different record stores. This is Dennis. So maybe oh, this oh, Rhino yeah. maybe this Rhino was one of them. Yes yes it was it, it was uh, the old location of Rhino and it was inside this like arcade gallery kind of place and it it had uh it was really funky it was like a treehouse kind of feel going in there like a yeah. secret clubhouse kind of thing <laughs> do you remember of, uh the poobahs in pasadena it was kind of like a yes yeah that yes, was like I a, remember that place. it was like somebody's pad right like a giant house yeah yeah it's like an old-fashioned house yeah records. It, was, it was bitching and they had good uh selection collection uh, yeah my let, first swans record at, at that poobahs let you know I don't know if you noticed, but coming from Pedro, that's the same fucking freeway. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't yeah. know where it starts, where it ends, but I know we're endpoints. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. First gig you saw? First gig I saw? Oh. Let's see. Um, well, some of the first shows that I went to were at the Green Door in uh, Montclair. I know that. It's a parking lot now. Right. Yeah. Back in the day. I did a lot of gigs there. I got yeah. I got uh, <laughs> uh, interrogated by the FBI and police for, because it, yeah, I I was in a band where it was one letter off from another band's name and they thought I was transporting young women. Oh, jeez. Right before I went on stage. I said, no, man, it's Kind of the same band, but not really. <laughs> Different. I remember haircuts. me and my buddy were uh, had no money. We wanted to get to see one of your shows, actually, at Firehose. That's what I'm Green. talking about. Uh, I remember they had uh, that weird kind of tell. It was kind of a crack house situation, sort of. Yeah, the um, the motel had a. I was delivering pizzas around that time, 
and there were a lot of prostitutes that stayed in those uh yeah that the adjoining motel truckers and prostitutes yeah it was a funky place it was cool but at least you could do gigs right and i mean claremont montclair so funny those names right next right. to each other but four or five colleges right shit yeah and i went to a few of them okay yeah. I, I graduated from pitzer but i took classes at pomona college and and scripts and pitzer that's great and i think it like uh jpl and stuff right the rocket yeah harvey mudd that's engineering right. college that's some crazy ass yeah. right the guy blew no, what was his name patterson he blew himself up in the basement with nitroglycerin making a homo nucleus or some shit. <laughs> something somebody was telling me some crazy ass shit uh what about uh marching band choir at school where you did you do any of that shit not really no i played trumpet in the school band in elementary school for not very long i couldn't get into it yeah I really yeah, yeah. Really got into music when my mom gave me her Spanish acoustic guitar. When I was well, I was going to ask you, not like after graduating school, but after school in the afternoon, did you do the garage band, basement band, bedroom band thing? Uh, it took a little while to do that, to meet fellow musicians. I just played uh, guitar. You mean, uh, yeah. Like man yeah. alone on the acoustic guitar. Yeah, okay. yeah, pretty much just picking out Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd songs note by note on the record player. What, what about you? With your own, did you start writing your own tunes then? Pretty quickly, yeah. I remember writing my own silly little song on piano at like age seven or so, just about typical stuff that I've noticed about things like uh, you can see the moon after the noon or something. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> these little rhymes I came up with, but then I started actually writing songs that I thought were kind of like uh, Sid Barrett and Pink Floyd. I was like, All on piano, or did you, did no, you move started, it on over to the acoustic? Okay. Yeah, guitar. And did you have thing. lessons? Did your ma show um, you shit? No, I think uh, when I first got my first rental electric guitar and a little practice amp, I think I took one guitar lesson, but then I was just off on my own. Because you said things changed when your ma gave her that acoustic Spanish, like nylon string? Yeah, that's pretty much all I did. I got home from school, and I would just play that guitar. Okay, so for a while, but for a while you weren't like no combos yet. No, not till I was eighteen. I found okay. uh, oh, so like-minded like, musicians when school's yeah. over. So like college. Uh, no, well, yeah, actually, yeah, I was in community college at Chapey College, um, and I met a couple of guys who they were actually still at Upland High School. They were uh, uh, juniors at Upland High School. One guy um, was a really good guitar player named Brad. And um, a guy named Paul wanted to be like Paul, uh, like Bob Dylan and played harmonica, but he eventually got a bass. So then we kept using that toy drum set uh, for a little bit and recruited drummers, tried out some drummers, but we stayed kind of a experimental folk kind of thing. And then we finally landed a drummer, and then we were on our way. And so our first gig was... Okay, so you stayed on, what, the acoustic guitar? No, I went to electric. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. okay. Because you said something about a folk thing, but of course, you know, you can do folk on electric. What was the first gig? At the Green Door. And what was the yeah. name of this combo? The band was called Chuck. As in like, uh, where you put the fucking drill bit? As in Chuck Bukowski. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you, you know, I don't know if you know about a drill, but, but it's called a Chuck. 
that you put the drill bit in and the thing you tighten it up with is called a chuck key. Yeah, 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 yeah like, like that. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, like, Hank, you know, he did his last 14 years in Peter. He's in the same boneyard as D. Boone. In fact, that, that boneyard, it's up on Western. I don't know if you, that part really ain't considered Pedro, especially nowadays. They just built, that, that's where the Navy housing was. I came to you from Virginia. Now they got condos and some bullshit, Ponte oh. Verde or something, right? The uh, bridge of the view, view of the bridge or whatever. Anyway, that's the boneyard. And it says on his gravestone, don't try. It's after some, but his wife, second wife, Linda still lives here in Pedro. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you know where Enchilada House is by, by First and Bandini, but she's a block away on Santa Cruz. Yeah, she has all his stuff archived. Uh, cool. yeah, I never I met her. him there. I met him. He used to sometimes sign books at Williams. We used to have a happening bookstore downtown called Williams on 6th Street. It was over 100 years old. I think there's a, a records being sold out of it now. But anyway, so that, that first gig at... Uh, Green Door, Rick. What would you say? Success? Yeah, it was it was all a blur, kind of. It went so fast. Yeah, you know, we were up there, and it just it was all of a sudden it was over. I was like, what just happened? Because we'd only played backyard parties, and we used to plug in um, in front of grocery stores when we couldn't find a place to play. We would just plug in. Oh, so that's actually not your first gig. You were already doing gigs. We were doing, you know, backyard gigs kind and we plug in places, un yeah. uninvited. We just kind of plug in places. Yeah, I think they call those bum rushes. <laughs> yeah, we, we call them, exactly, we call them gorilla gigs in the day. Yeah. You know, we can play rush. anywhere. I, uh, yeah. We fucking did it at the junior high uh, once, and you know, just to play some Alice Cooper and Blue Oyster Cult, you know, with nobody <laughs> there, right? It was summertime, but we knew that fucking assembly stage had some power out Outlets. Excellent. It's crazy yeah, ass shit. Yeah, yeah. Dotson, it's it's up near where I'm talking about this north part. It used to be they call it Rancho Pals Verdes now, you know. They uh they annex them. So uh I want to play uh some 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 goosewind. Cool. By, by the way, that's your 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 actual name? No, it's not my legal name. Oh, okay, okay. That's <laughs> a good That's a good one. You zig and you zag. I'm thinking of the captain. Zigging you zag Between this world and another You're a being of vice Of vice and light Of warmth and might Doubt that will ever change That won't change at all That won't change at all
Die.
Zaba. That's what they were called. That's it. Abba Zaba. Right. I was trying to think. Show that chunk of music start off with Goosewind doing you zig and you zag. Francesco Fasaro after that. Brand new. Preludo a la Francesca. Bombas Prended from their latest release. Pendulum Swingers. Zach Rosen, brand new from him. Zirkles. Circles. Zach with a Z, but circles with a C. Bob Pollard, it's every other month, right? So it's got to be a new album. <laughs> this guy, I can't believe the tunes he can kick out. You know, maybe a hundred a year. <laughs> Bitch. Youth Leagues. Then uh, Equations are collected huh? with a cut 1.3 from the Hellasan Sessions. Vex Party. Brand new band out of the Northeast. Flywheel. Afternoon Freak. Something I did with uh, Danny Frankel and Matt Motel. I think it's the third album. And I, they had me write all the beginning stages. And it's called Probably Too Big for the Mouth. Uh, Mike Adams and His Honest Weight. Brand new. Uh, from uh, Indiana. What they call it? Joyful Noise. The Died and Tongue Tied. And finally, Goose Wind. With Nonplussed. I remember the Lemon Kittens had a song. Like a lot of England slang, and there's one part where the guy says, "Yeah, I would feel nonplussed." <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's melody on on banjo on nonplussed. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now, uh, well, let's let's talk about melody. Melody, bring your the earliest musical recollection, please. Was it also Upland? Uh, Pomona. I grew up Close. in Pomona. Foothill. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, well, my folks. They listened to elevator music, <laughs> so. Um, well, was I, there any instruments in the pad? Yeah, piano. I had to take piano lessons. When ah, I was now how was that experience? Because well, it didn't sound like Rick had to endure that. Rick just got like, to jump on it if he wanted to. But did you have to go through the trial and tribulations? Yeah, I was forced to play forty-five minutes a day. You know, um, I've had people on the show. Right, I've had this show twenty-one years five months, four months. And they almost quit music because of this fucking experience. 
Yeah, well, I had a, a timer set, and I, I figured out I could, like, you know, while I'm playing between songs, I could take it and knock it off a couple of minutes here and there. But eventually, my mom figured out when, you know, like, uh, 45 minutes became 15 minutes. <laughs> she out. Was she giving lessons, or did it, was her teacher? No, I had lessons from outside. Okay. Yeah. Because a lot of times it seems that's the problem. It's not the idea of learning. It's the fucking teacher ain't got skill. Like yeah. it's some kind of dictator trip or some shit. No, I was only allowed to play like classical songs and, you know, folk songs and stuff. And I, I got bored. And finally, after four years, my mom said, I'm not paying for it anymore. I was so happy. And then a few years later, I was at summer camp and there was this, this cute guy and he was playing ragtime, and, and I got I was just like blown away. And I ragtime at the campsite, what like a keyboard, a Casio or something? There was a piano there at the, at the camp. Oh, at the camp, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so it was like camp. more of us. So yeah. when I got out of there, I bought a, a book of, of ragtime music and started playing that. It's a barrel house. <laughs> Love ragtime. Who was that guy? There was a great guy, guilty. Uh... No, when they get the guy who played the uh, blasters, man, that guy could fucking play that shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the you, you know you could be a one person band, right? You got your bass. Totally, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, that's why Miles Davis hated him. Red Garland, Bogart, that motherfucker, Bogart too. <laughs> like Jamal, Amal Jamal, but uh, Jamal. But why didn't he play with him? Why did he play with Red? It was just to make fun of the... I mean, you read that Quincy Troop book, it's a trip. So what about at school? Were you in the marching band or the uh, choir? Um, I was always in choir. I liked singing. Yeah. Uh, when I was like nine or ten, I took... No, I always ask about this because, you know, a lot of schools got rid of their music stuff. Yeah, they shouldn't do that. That's bullshit. <laughs> and what was the first record you bought with your own money? <laughs> it was it was a 45 of uh, the hustle <laughs> whoa <A little> dance <laughs> from music plus in montclair <laughs> i remember music pluses yeah they were all around they were all around the place uh, <laughs> the one i remember was in venice huh i think yeah we didn't have them so close to here in pedro and and, and then the first gig you went and saw um, oh yeah, I was trying to think of that when you guys were talking. I kept getting distracted listening. Well, you can only have your first gig once. That's why I asked that shit. Well, I went to the Coliseum and saw the Who's Farewell Tour in 1982. One of their farewell tours. I think they're still the doing them. The yeah. I think they're still uh, fucking doing them. And the Clash <laughs> Open Forum. That was pretty cool. First gig uh, I went to was with D Boone. It was T-Rex. At the Long Beach Auditorium, 1973. Oh. Yeah. Everybody uh, says that. <laughs> woo! He, he was so tiny, but he was good. I liked it. But it was tiny. It was so much different to see a gig in a club. Oh, my God. It was a, a mind-blow. Wow, bass has got bigger string. That was a tri Now, what about you? Uh, now, you said you went and got a piano book. So you're playing the piano at home to learn songs to impress that guy at camp, right? But do you get into the garage band, basement band, bedroom band uh, in the afternoon after school? No, but after school, I joined a band with um, uh, like a longtime friend of mine. 
and he got a couple got a couple guys and they had a band they needed a keyboardist and I said well I play piano and they said great join us but I had learned to play to read music and to play that way and I couldn't really play by ear at that ah time. like improvise and, yeah yeah, so like I didn't. You know, I've, I've, I found that problem. Like people, songs or something. No, I've had people on the show that can play like motherfuckers. You know, uh, trained through institutional me uh, means, but they need the music in front of them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's such a trip. You would imagine that somebody with that kind of facility, but you know, it's all about. It's kind of about culture, also. So. Yeah. You yeah. probably Melody learned some of this stuff through playing with these cats, then, right? What's that? You probably learned how to do this shit by playing with them. Yeah. Nah, not, not really. Not really? Okay. Moved around and then everybody kind of had fights and broke up. And <laughs> Oh, that's the other reason why you have bands. <laughs> to learn about human qualities. <laughs> and inequality. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. it's, well, it's such a fucking nightmare if it could just stick to music, huh? Uh, yeah. But, but... But you were just side mouse in this band, right? You you didn't provide any of the material, Melody. No. Yeah. Um, but do you remember the first gig with them? Uh, we didn't. We never played anywhere. But oh, it's one of those kind of yeah, bands. You all you all pracking for the gig that never comes. Yeah. <laughs> those those are. I think those are okay bands to have. Too. <laughs> it was fun. Can, you know. You know. Yeah. Because why? Why does? Why does it have to be a, about a gig? Just fucking playing, huh? Yeah. yeah. Take a little pressure off the the thing like that, and and so what? So you never end up playing anything with them, just the practices. Right, and then I, I moved on to other things. I never, I didn't play with any band until Goosewind. <laughs> until Goosewind. Yeah. Well, you know, like what Orson Welles said: "We'll sell no wine before it's time." <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. You were just on, great. You were on that old Paul Masson trail. That's what you were. Right. I remember those. Remember, <laughs> it's like two buck <laughs> chuck shit. Yeah. We won't sell no wine. <laughs> yeah, but with the pause in between because the guy's a professional, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> we're at the end of the first hour, August 21, 2022. This is Peter, so special guest, Goosewin. Hold time, Robert. Two. August 21, 2022. It's the second hour of the Walk for Pedro show. I wind up here somehow each day. Where I float and dream about another day. The waves come up, the city fades away. It's just the sea. I feel free Like glass 
on my way to the no-go zone. Somebody left a note for me there. Written in invisible ink, still it's as plain as the nose on your face. Some kind of instructions or guidelines, apparently all quite essential. It's all stuff I'm told I should have already long since forgotten by now. The thing is, though, you see, I'm in a wee little bit of a hurry. The last bus leaves at a quarter to half past an hour ago. But the future is coming so slow, I think I can make it on time. And then once I'm in my seat and the bus takes off, I relax and enjoy the ride. Now the bus makes a giant circle, circles through a giant graveyard. But when you get back to where you started, you see that where you started is somewhere else. A little familiar, yes, but key locations have been shuffled like a deck of cards. They say, pick a card, any card, then you see it's all just a magic trick. Of course you draw the jack of diamonds. That's the hardest card to play So you take it down to the second-hand shop To try and trade it for something that's useful But you've forgotten what useful means If you ever even really knew But when you get back to where the second-hand shop used to be You see it's now just a hole in the ground It's a very big hole in the ground Surrounded by men in suits They're throwing great wads of cash Down into it now You see, it seems it's a lucky hole The kind that entrepreneurs have wet dreams about But my money's staying right in my pocket Cause I ain't so easily seduced So you wander off down the busy streets Where busy people do their busy things And you start to understand And get used to the way things have changed But then they all go back to the way they were And I'm confused all over again I ask a passing stranger for good advice He says, man, just keep your feet on the ground. I say, stranger, it ain't that simple these days. The ground ain't what it used to be. And the sky, forget the sky. The sky's falling, chicken little was right. But before it could land on my head like an anvil, I ducked into a restaurant. Ordered up a bowl of beans Then the waitress turned into a wisp of smoke I'm going back out on the street now The 
the sky's finished hitting the ground Cause there's clouds everywhere you step We're all walking on air I'd stick around Except I don't like heights So I'm gonna be moving along And I'm taking that wisp of smoke along with me On my way to the no-go zone On my way to the no-go zone On my way to the no-go show start off the second hour with Goosewind doing alt shadow mirror raps you had some information and enlightenment about that one there Rick yeah basically uh, I want to keep recording on old Tascam machines from the 1980s so it's a uh, record on a real 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 to real machine with half inch tape and it was really hard to find good tape I didn't want to record over old sessions so uh, went and bought a couple of reels and they were unusable, so I had to find spaces in between songs from my 90s sessions to fit these new, this new material. So that's kind of what I did with this song. These, you know? these had actual tiny reels, right? I think I remember them. They're, they're good size. They're 10-inch reels. Oh, these were the bigger that's ones. Inch. Because they yeah. also had these ones with tiny little reels that went into these little bays. And I think they were eighth of an inch 
tape or something. Yeah, those are neat too. I've, I've definitely used those before too. But I, and I then you know, Petra used a eight track cassette that they made to do the Who Sellout. She had never heard the shit. I said I put the whole album on track eight, and you fill up the other seven with your voice. <laughs> <laughs> and she did it, you know, because she grew yeah. up with jazz and classical. Uh, and then Pete Townsend actually had a lunch with her. He dug it. He said Roger didn't dig it. <laughs> Fuck Roger. Okay, uh, organs from Ireland, brand new, live in Down Patrick, an excerpt. And then Ben Salter out of Tasmania with status update. Sam Bennett, originally from Birmingham, uh, Sun Ross Town, but been Tokyo for 25 years now. No go zone. And finally, Heaven, Goosewind. Both of you, please, uh, Rick and Melody. How did Goosewind happen? Are you part of the first version, Melody? I know, you, uh, Rick, you must have been first part, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, me and my friend Thomas, it was just a side project, really. Just a recording little goofy songs on my four track. You mean yeah. Chuck was the real band and then on Chuck, the side yeah, was exactly. Goose Wheel. Okay. Chuck, Chuck was the real band and my buddy <laughs> Thomas Spector was uh, in a band called the Skinny Bodies, like kind of like a Bauhaus kind of thing. Okay. And then Chuck was doing no, a lot you would of not believe, You would not believe how many times the joke band becomes the big band, like with, with Chili Peppers, right? And what is this? And Right, right. That happens. That happens all the time, you know. That's that's exactly what happened. And um, I saw a flyer up at Rhino Records that said PSST Records looking for local bands, right? Okay. And somehow I knew that was Dennis that put up that flyer. You know, he, Dennis was in my biology class at Chapey College, and I was like, you, I "You're saying there that. was there was a label before Shrimper?" Yeah, it was called PSST, like SST, but with a P before it, <laughs> pronounced pissed. Yeah. And, um, and I knew it was Dennis, right? So I went up to him. I was like, I was like, did you put that flyer on the thing? He's like, yeah. And I was like, hey, uh, here's a tape of me and my friends just goofing around with the four track. You know? Rick, now, tape. Rick, how did you know? I just knew. I just knew. He looked like somebody. Like that this guy fucking... is sitting in your chemistry class and you just know he put that fucking flyer up. Well, I recognized him from working at Rhino, the old Rhino. Ah, okay, okay. He was okay, in my biology class at um, Chapey College a couple years before that. But I knew that he was, he just looked like someone that had something going on in the in music scene. And I, I wasn't really aware that other people were doing the four track in their bedrooms in the area, in the Upland area, you know? Uh-huh. And then, so when I saw that flyer, I was pretty excited about it. And I yeah. gave Dennis a tape that was just me goofing around uh, with my friends and some, some rock combos, but mostly just experimenting on the four track. And, uh, and I gave and, my. And, and the instrumentation, was it acoustic? There was a lot of acoustic, but I'd say mostly it was like at least 70% me on electric guitar and then some acoustic and then some full band with drums and then some just having my cat meow into a reverb and echo machine, you know, that kind of thing. The difference then, is this this ain't Chuck, this ain't an ensemble. This is man alone just trying everything you can, right? Yeah, with a revolving door of friends and guests who would come in and just... There was no like set uh, roster. It was just my friends just coming in, my roommates at college coming in, my girlfriends coming in and doing some vocals. It was like twenty people on that tape. Okay, so, like, did it already have the name Goosewin? No, no. This is uh, it was actually called Fifth Placard, spelled F-I-P-P-L-A-C-A-R-D. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, Placard's uh, like a sign, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Fifth Placard, and I gave 
Dennis that tape is a 90 minute tape full of just stuff, right? Yeah. And he put out the whole thing. The yeah, whole of course. Tape. <laughs> oh, and, gelada. and I was so happy. I was so excited. And one of the songs. How did he put first, it out? As a cassette? Yes, yeah. he put it out as a cassette. Uh, it was one of the first shrimpers on the original shrimper roster. And then um, one of those songs got put on the, the Winky Dog compilation. I think it was the second shrimper compilation. And I was just beside myself with joy that this stuff was going out to the world, you know, to this the people who like this kind of music, you know. Yeah. And I yeah. get letters from from you know England and in Finland and all over the place. You know, I was just really excited about being in the whole thing. Montclair. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next record. There really the is a difference between Claremont and Montclair, right? Yes, but they're very close to each other. I know. I've, geographically, they are, but. Yeah. Culturally, there's a little oh, difference. Totally a little different. bit. Little bit. <laughs> they're so different. Claremont is totally a college town. And kind yeah, of, right, right. I know, I know, I know. It was, yeah, it was Mont- supposed Mont- to be Mont- an ironic kind of thing there. <laughs> right. It totally is, exactly. I remember moving out to that area. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, how strange that it's the same word, but with the reverse. You know, Montclair, <laughs> Claremont. I'm all, this is confusing. How am I going to? survive but it was pretty awesome well you know what sly stone says not where you're from it's where you're at yeah i want to play some more goose wind i want to play cloud control traveling southbound on the 101 Bumper to bumper, it's no fun. Up in the distance, a giant bird of prey. A wing stretched out against the light of day. Drifting in circles. What must that view be like? See the ocean as the otters slide Still be able to hone in on the field mice With vision so precise Now I'm feeling resilient Like Serpico Unwilling to bake With dirty dough I step into liquid To cool my feet Out darts a stingray Luckily out of reach Swimming In circles Gliding just Above the sand How's the world look like Through your eyes A view underwater Of such clarity And able to take your sweet time Doing everything The timing's always right
I'd achieved my dreams. I'd made it, boys. I was but a machine, a grinding gear, a honking bus, passing through a tunnel and high on drugs. I work with her actually in Long Beach. No, but I think at the Whittier College is where Dick Nixon went to lawyer school. Oh, right, right. Yeah, he's a Whittier guy. And in another Whittier connect, Al Flipside. Flipside, yes. It comes uh -huh. out of Whittier. Mm. Okay, I got to tell people Cloud Control, Goosewit, uh, Girls in Synthesis, Interlude, Ashes Stiff with Cold, Lisa Cameron, Damon Smith, Alex Cunningham, Kiwi Jr., Unspeakable Things. They're, they're uh, Montreal people, not New Zealand. Secret uh, Street Sex, re-release out of Austin. Copper in the Slots, Ray Shin, Blood and Cement. SLW and Bob Bucko Jr. out of Iowa City with the Achiever. 
and then final rendezvous from Goosewind. So, Melody, when did you join the Goosewind thing? Um, that would be November 2019. We, we took a road trip together to Texas. Um, do you want to explain what that venue was? Yeah, we played at a place called Super Happy Funland at an um, event organized by my buddy Caleb Fraid, who also releases stuff on the all the DIY labels that I'm on. We're on the same, all the same labels together. And uh, he's an awesome dude. And we started talking to each other because he's a huge uh, Houston Astro fan. I'm a huge Dodger fan. So we started talking about baseball, not music, really. And then eventually we start he started talking about this festival he's going to get together in Houston. So we drove out there, and Melody played bass for the first time on stage at that, at that event. And it was a Not left-handed fun. keyboard, but bass guitar. She played bass guitar and did an, an amazing job holding it down. Yeah, I always wanted to learn how to play bass. It didn't take too long. Wow. How, how long had you been playing before that gig? A couple weeks. A couple weeks? <laughs> Not very long. No, that's fucking bitch. I'm in that. Way in there. What, what, what kind? What kind of bass was it? Uh, What kind of bass was it? I played yours. Oh, yeah. She played or, my, No, I played Madeline. She played Madeline's... Um, what is that? Thing? Oh, it's a, uh, Dan Electro. Dan, Dan Electro. Electro. Okay. Yeah, little guys, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Kind of a little like a kind of Mason, Beatles-looking... Masonite, <laughs> Masonite yeah. body, right? Yeah. Right, right. And now I got to... You, know, you know whose bass was like play. that that I got to play? was Richard Hill. He let me play up in his apartment in 2nd Street, Manhattan there. The first bass he bought, he let me play. It was a little copper-colored uh, Dan Electro bass. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. He's my first punk rock hero. I couldn't believe that a bass player could lead the band. I thought that's where you put your retarded friend. Anyway, we're at the end of the second hour. <laughs> August 21, 2022, Dish Wapiro, so special guest Goose win. Hold tight, fire three. August 21st, 2022, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
downstairs beer. Survive the worst food in Louisiana. I guarantee. Watch for Pedro Show third hour. Start off with Goosewit. During a night like this. And then Port Sunshine out of Hamburg with Sabaku no Yoru Ifbiwana. Brother Amagolas out of Chester, New York with Free Webern. Northern Jaw from here in South Cal- SoCal with How to Tension. It's today's How yeah, French, you're not supposed to say the last letters. There you kind of. And then finally, Goose win with PBR Arsenal. PBR Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, port Portman. What's that? You call it, you put together words by putting them together. Uh, so, the first real gig you did, Melody, it was this, this uh, Austin, uh, um, Houston gig. Yes. Uh-huh. Wow, wow. And then, so, you, Rick, as as the, you said, it's kind of a revolving door. So as different people come in, does the way goose operate, goose win operate, kind of change, adapt to the the cats you're playing with? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, people bring in ideas, and we go with it. Um, we have no set formula. You know, there's a, I, I like the idea that when people uh, pick up a goose win album, they have absolutely no idea what they're going to hear. I want to continue. What, what about you when you go into a studio and it's time for another? Like this one you did now is what thirteen years? Um, well, I've been on other small labels, but for 
for strippers, this is the first one in 30 years. In 30 years? Okay, yeah. okay. So, like, yeah. I'm going to make a goose win record, but then you go in there really not ex expecting, right? People are just going to bring whatever. Or or do you make little demos, or do you have a notebook full of words? Or It's a very much one-take kind of thing. I, I just try to get the raw emotion down on tape with whatever I'm working with, whatever kind of recording machine, so that recording machines themselves become part of the instrumentation is the way I look at it. And you're still a Tascam man. Still a Tascam man, but I also, you know, go to other people's studios when. Right, when but, well, the, the Lady Jen with the Pro Tool thing, right? And, and, Pro Tool, and, and, yeah. and Did you ever find a solution with that, 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 that tape problem? Yes. So I just, what I would do, like on a couple of the songs, on the, the ones we played, I would use rhythm tracks backwards. I'd flip the tape backwards and just use the rhythm tracks and then use open tracks, if there were any, to fill in the new material. When I'd have an idea, I'd say, you know, I think I might be able to match this up um, with, with something that's from the old tapes, you know? So I'd just use whatever blank tape I could possibly find. So that's kind of what, what happened with, uh, with this project. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my daughter who, sing, who sang vocals on um, A Night Like This on the Cure cover that you just played. And, uh... So, so a lot of this, with the task game lives at your pad. Yeah, most of it's home recorded, and then I take it to Jen's, and she kind of cleans it up and puts a little reverb action on it or whatever it needs. Well, she probably ends up mastering it too. Probably, maybe. Kind of. It's kind of a pre-mastering process she does. Yes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, and, and just to have another person from the outside, uh, just for some perspective. Exactly. Yeah. There's stuff that I don't hear that she can hear, like this this bass uh, frequency needs to come up and this yeah. needs to be balanced and that kind of thing. And she's really, really fantastic at it. And she gets along with all my daughter loves Jen. We all love Jen. She just, she's so easy to work with and she has so many good uh, production ideas. So I consider her more of a producer. She's, she's on her way from becoming, from going to uh, being an engineer to being a producer. And we talk about that that kind of transition. And, and, and how did you meet her? Uh, and my work. She, we worked together. Okay, so it just oh, just well, was a coincidence she had common interests. Yes, we, we actually played in a, in a band together for a short time called Social Cube. And we play at Deep Piazzas in Long Beach and other oh, places. Deep Piazzas. Yeah. It's yeah. still around, but Mark don't have it anymore. Yeah, Mark sold it, but what but a the great guy, guy. Why did the guy keep the fucking name? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I asked Mark that. He said, yeah, what the fuck's that about? <laughs> <laughs> Me and Naldi were talking about that yesterday, actually. Really. So he sold it, but the place is still called Deep Piazza. Yeah. But Mark, Mark was such a great guy, you know. I oh, just, beautiful. And before yeah. that, remember the Lava Lanes? He had a pad I, before that pad. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, at, I don't. I've heard PCH. about it. I think because that one was at the end of Anaheim, right? And I think that this other place is on PCH. But anyway, uh, I go back... With him, a beautiful man, yeah. Uh, I, I want to play uh, some more Goosewind, of course. All right, Blind Willie, Dark was the Night. Thank <laughs> you. 
Yeah, we lived right up the street from that house. Okay, yep. yeah. Because they had two pads next to each other. People were talking about the old days, Recess Records, Todd Conch, and that whole porch course scene. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Rick's, Rick's hip to this. That That's bitching. I'd see Todd walking with boxes of records, you know. I was like, hey, yeah. are you in a band or something? He's like, yeah, I run a label. I was like, no way. I'm in, I'm in a band, too. Gucci way, yeah. Well, before that, he had a band called Five Year Plan, right? Okay. And, he was, in fact, Raul helped him with a couple tours and, now he runs the Sardine on Pacific and 11th. We can actually play in Peel. I mean, we used to do some gigs at the uh, Herald's Place and stuff. And, but, uh, yeah. I think I'm yeah, going to be there know. next week doing some Stooges with those guys. Last music for this edition, people. Goose win with Dark Was the Night. A ratchet Orchestra out of Quebec with Hemlock Part 2. Medicine Singers. Shooting Star Press. Diane Marie Cloba. Well, Joanna, Joanna, yeah, we used to do that, yeah, from uh, Kill City, huh? Stooges, fine, with Uncle Menarch, I mean, you gotta have balls to call your band fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would, and the Muskeg <laughs> Mud Suck with Una Barceus, again, French, pardon my fucking screwing up the language. And finally, Goosewind with Ammonia, 22. Ammonia. That's the one that I used the backwards tracks from the 90s. You, you repurposed them. Yes. And recontexted them. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. That's bitching. Like you say, the process becomes one of the members of the fucking band. That's exactly right. Yep. That, that, that's, yep, that's exactly And I, you know what? I found a uh, new tape, finally, that's reliable. It's Sonic Youth put... Um, sold their their cachet of uh, half-inch and two-inch tapes online, and my friend told me about it. He's like, yeah, Sonic U's selling all their analog tape. So I bought two reels, and they're in perfect condition. They're, like, totally usable. They stored them at the right temperature or whatever you have to do. Are, these, uh, are these half-inch? Yeah, half-inch reels. Two right. half-inch reels, yeah. Like they would go on Studers or something, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, they're, they're perfectly. So now I'm back in the tape. So I exactly. got in the old days, people, you would record to a multi-track master, sometimes up to two inches wide with 24 tracks. And then you would mix down to a two, a half-inch master. And because, uh, you know, t t they're stereo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just uh, right. like, that, that art got lost, right? Along with the razor blades and the splicing tape and all that stuff. Yeah, I still splice tapes with both cassettes and yeah. I still mix down the uh, standard cassette, you know. You open so, up boxes um, with little Phillips drivers? and Sure do. Open up the box with the <laughs> tiny little Phillips uh, uh, eyeglasses. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I know about that. Screwdriver. And, and then, then it's, that got, it's got a little... You got to have that little membrane in there because that keeps the things from getting all sticking and lubricated yeah. and shit. So, exactly. what's the next plan for Goosewind? Uh, well, we already started recording a couple songs. One is about one's just celebrating the miracle of tape in all its forms. One masking, one scotch, and <laughs> scotch clear or something like that. <laughs> now, you, about, did you ever write songs about Upland when you were young? Sure. Yeah, I wrote it. Well, I'm asking that because I'm wondering if nowadays are you writing songs about Pedro? Oh, absolutely. There's a couple songs about the ocean. We go to Cabrillo Beach every day. And ah, so you are a recent 
transplant because people who live here don't say that. What, what do they call it? We the only fuck up two words. We don't face. We don't say fucking jalapenos or tortillas, <laughs> frijoles, but we do say cabrillo and we do say pedro. Ah, cabrillo. Okay. Yeah, because if we hear that other way, it's like sure that's proper. But even the Latin guys will say it the other way because we know you've been here. <laughs> now, now I know. I've, I've been here about thirteen years. Like, Go, no, wow, no, thirteen no. years, and you didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know Cabrillo. No, but now I do. Thank you for the lesson. I mean, his name was Juan uh, Batista Cabrillo, right? He was a Portuguese re- guy. Oh, yeah. He discovered that there was 10,000 people living here. They were called Tugvas, <laughs> right? Right. They He's that guy. He's waving to uh, Stephen White, those statues. If you go down to Cabrillo, right? right? You see him? Statues, yeah. One day, we're going to get a family of a Tugva, and no words or anything. Just put them out there so people might wonder, hey, there's these two guys, but then there's this family. I wonder what's, how it all makes sense. <laughs> one day, one day, one way. Well, that's that's beautiful. Look, when you get this more stuff recorded, I would like to just do a whole show on you and your Pedro album, Goosewind Pedro album. Yeah, you can see the um, you know the the studio that I have, all Tascam eighties machines. You know, um, it's it's pretty fun. And, there's a uh, way, is there a way to see it on the web? Um, well, I took a I took a photo of it. I can send it to you. No, I'm talking about listeners. Oh, is there a camera function on this? Uh, I don't know. Site? Do you have a? Is there a Goosewind website? Um. Well, there's a Bandcamp. No, um, that's a corporate thing. But they're probably the best uh, to bands. I, I like okay. those people the most. I think. Yeah. Okay. So people, Goosewind.bandcamp.com. Please check it, it out. And, and Rick, Melody, I'd love to have you on the show again as soon as possible. I can't wait to hear Goose Wind Pedro album. And right now, I got to get over to Cl- uh, Channel, you know, Channel Street and Gaffy. I help do a bunch of benefits to get th- those skate parts, and they're inaugurating the the rebu- uh, re- redoing of them. They re- redid them. And uh, I got to go there because uh, Andy Harris, you know, he's the longshoreman who put all that that stuff together, so the kids don't have to get run over in the street on the skateboard. That on. In fact, they were so happening when they built that one at Peck Park up on on Western, they used some of the guys who designed this one. So anyway, beautiful yeah. having you on. Please keep on, keep it on. Cool. We will do. And I want to thank Dennis again for hooking us up together, Mike. Absolute. Absolute. Can't wait to meet you in person, Rick. You too, Melody. Okay. People have been August 21, 22. No. August 21, 2022. Edition of Pedro Show. Keep your Pete powder dry.